Welcome to Tea Time with Chris, a podcast that celebrates faith, humor, and the power of storytelling. I'm Chris Tomlinson, your host, and I'm thrilled to invite you to join me for engaging conversations with people from all walks of life. Together, we'll sip some tea or whatever you prefer and explore life's joys and challenges with a focus on hope, inspiration, and positivity. I'll also share some of my personal stories and some poetry to add a touch of intimacy and creativity to our chats. So join me as we spread love, joy, and laughter with each episode. Welcome to Tea Time with Chris. Welcome to another episode of Tea Time with Chris. As usual, I'm your host, Chris. And this week's episode is entitled Faith. It's a little different than what I usually do on the podcast, but it's something I felt I needed to talk about, and I just hope people accept it and don't take it as of a way of an attack or offensive or anything like that, because I'm not doing that at all to you guys. But before we jump into that, let's jump into this week's flavor of tea. This week's flavor of tea is called Earl of Harlem, and it originates here in the United States. It is a unique tea blend originating from Harlem, New York, and it has an American twist on the classic Earl Grey, combining black tea with a medley of flavors, including lavender, vanilla, and vergamit. 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 <laughs> the result is a fragrant and slightly sweet tea with a subtle floral and citrusy taste. It offers a caffeine-based energy boost along with potential benefits associated with black tea, such as antioxidants that may support heart health and improve mental alertness. This is a tea I definitely would like to try since I'm a huge fan of Earl Grey, so I'm gonna look into getting this one. Earl of Harlem. So, with that, let us jump into this week's episode on faith. This week's episode, I am talking about a topic that is a really big deal for me, but I also know it may not be something for everyone, and that is the word faith. Now, I know I have many listeners and viewers that may not believe the same things I do, and I know I have many that do believe the same things I do, and this podcast is for everyone, no matter what you believe or think or who you are. I want this to be a podcast where anybody from any walk of life can come and listen to and feel hopeful and encouraged. The faith can fall under many categories. It can be faith in a spiritual thing, or it could be faith in everyday life. When you sit down in a chair, 
you have enough faith that the chair is going to hold you when you sit. There's many aspects in our life that we have to have faith in something in order to go through with it. Now, growing up, I had to have faith in my doctors and nurses that they'd be able to take care of me and do what needs to be done. I had faith in my parents as they raised me and my brother and sister. I have faith in friends and other people in my life. And unfortunately, a lot of times those things were broken. But there is something that I have faith in that has never let me down. And I know this is going to be something that some people may not want to listen to, and that's totally okay. And I respect you for that. But I have a faith in God. Now, I'm not perfect. There's days in my life where I've lost that faith because either I was overwhelmed with things in my life or whatever it may have been. But no matter what, God has always been there for me. I know recently I saw someone post something on Instagram. I can't remember the exact thing. And a lot of the comments were attacking God, mocking people that believed in him, and just making fun of it. And I get it, because I used to be that way at one point in my life. I thought that the concept of God was just something humans made up because we couldn't we couldn't deal with a life that we knew would end and we would die and we needed something to help us cope through life. So we just came up with this idea of God. But God has shown himself to me so many times through my life that I just cannot deny that he exists. There's many things that go on around the, around us in our lives and this world, this planet, this galaxy, the universe, things just happening all the time. And when I look at how certain things operate, like plants and animals, human beings, it makes me just think and wonder and just leaves me in amazement. Because if you go down to the very microscopic level and look at how the atoms work and molecules and cells and so on, and to me, I don't see how anybody could not believe there's a creator. But I'm also not here to bash anybody that doesn't believe that. I'm hoping through this episode, maybe it can help you see God a little better. Maybe in a different perspective. Maybe you had things happen in your life and you've become angry against God because it's not fair. Or maybe you've never really heard anything about God, but you've seen how other believers acted and it just seemed really cruel to you and you wanted no part of that. Or maybe you did believe and then you went away. Or maybe you're new to this and you're just learning and you want to know more. Now, I don't have all the answers and I don't understand a lot of things about the Bible and just different aspects of God, but I do know 100% that he is real. And the reason why I say that I believe 100% is because of different things that I've seen in my life. Now, a lot of you already know my story, so I won't dive deep, deep into my story because you can listen to it and one of the episodes of this podcast and I've shared it many times and I don't feel like being a broken record and repeating things but I will talk about some of it and most of you know that I'm a burn survivor and that used to be one of the main things of why I believed in God because I figured you know I'm alive and it's because of God and yeah I, I still believe that I'm here today because of God but that was like the only thing I believed when I was younger because I didn't understand everything else. And to go back to that 
Instagram post I was talking about, someone had said that there was no God and everything, and I had commented saying that there is, and there's so many patterns throughout creation that that couldn't just happen. Everything has a pattern. Everything. Circles or designs and such that just repeat a pattern, like a signature. And I had shared that, you know, that I believe that God, I, I believe, I believe God is real because I'm alive today from the fire I was in. And they responded saying that my survival was just showing the strength of humanity and that it was myself who got through that and the care of the doctors and everything. And that that doesn't mean there's a God. And I didn't argue with him because I know, I know some people were very set in their ways. It can be believers and non-believers. And I don't like to argue and put people down or make people think that I'm better than them because they believe different than me. To me, I think that's really immature for anybody to do. You just treat someone horrible because they don't believe the same thing as you. But after they left that comment, it made me think about things because there's a verse somewhere in the Bible that says we, we should be ready to give answers when people ask things. We should know, like, I should know why I believe in God and why I believe what I do and not just because of something that happened to me that was horrible and then I survived because there's many people throughout this world that have been through horrible things and survived. And I'm not saying that that wasn't a work of God and that they're not alive today because of God because I still believe that God had a hand in that, a big hand in that. I also believe that it's because of the doctors and the nurses of their knowledge and the understanding of science and technology and the medical aspects of it all. And God gave them that knowledge. A lot of times it's hard for us to put our faith in things because we don't see it, you know? It's hard to put your faith when you're going through hard times. You don't have the money to pay your rent or your bills and you're on the verge of becoming homeless. You've heard horrible news from your doctor and you don't have long to live or... You have some new condition that's just is going to cause pain for the rest of your life. Whatever it may be. And it can be hard, really hard, to put aside your emotions and how you're feeling and just have faith. I've been in those moments many times. Many times. For me, there was a time in my life where I drifted away from God because I was angry. I was upset about things going on in my life. And for me, it was just these things were happening. And for me, I just was like, there could be no God if this stuff happened. It makes no sense. I love space. I love it. It's so mysterious and intriguing and it's beautiful and scary all at the same time. But I think it's the mystery that really draws me into it because if you really like research and look at the different planets that have been discovered and the stars and different formations of things in space and it really pulls me almost out of my own self and I have like this view of almost stepping outside and just looking at the galaxy and just wondering how how in the world does this work how does how does this planet just stay in this vast emptiness how do these planets know to rotate to orbit to change seasons and so on and whatnot then it caused me to look into the microscopic world the cells and how things work and it just it blew my mind because we can't do any of that. Human beings cannot do any of that stuff. We can create things. We have stuff all around us that we've created. Houses and buildings, cars, computers. Just everything that we have around us, we've created. But none of it has this touch. When you look at another human being and you see their eyes blink and their mouth move hair on the head, hear their voice. It just makes me think how. 
how in the world did God come up with these things, these ideas to create the things he's created? Sometimes I sit outside and I look at nature and I watch the trees and animals and I think of how a tree is formed from the tiniest seed into this giant tree. So did you know that plants have a network, almost like an internet, <laughs> where plants can actually talk to one another? Scientists have discovered this where there's actually like a network underground through roots and different ways that plants communicate with each other. In forests and in jungles, they can actually communicate to each other when certain areas have a lack of water or a lack of resources for plants to grow or sunlight. How? How do they do that? Or when a baby is formed in a womb, taking the 23 chromosomes from the mother and the 23 chromosomes from the father and just taking all this data. It's billions and billions of data that's just in these tiny microscopic strands of DNA. And inside the woman, there's a cell that reads every line of code and then splits them and sends it to other cells to replicate and create who you are. How? How does that happen? Why? There's just so much that's happened in my life throughout just 39 years of my life that God has just shown himself to me, not only from the fire, not only through the over 200 surgeries I've had throughout my life, but other things too. The strength to get up in the mornings sometimes is so painful, and yet I get through them. I have strength out of nowhere to get through them. Growing up, there was many things in my life. There was a time where I almost drowned. Nobody was around me to get me. And somehow something pulled me up. No hands. I didn't see no hand. I know there's a lot of stories where people are drowning and they see a hand come down and pull them up and no one's there. I didn't see a hand or anything, but I was forced up and pushed towards the edge to pull myself up. I had infections, many infections through wounds and surgeries in my life. There was one time when I was young, really young, and I had a really severe infection in my leg where my skin turned gray and I had fevers that were up to 113 and doctors didn't know what to do and were ready to say that I was gonna die. And there was an experiment, experimental medicine at the time that was used and it helped me. But if you look at some medicines, a lot of the medicines, and I know there are some medicines that are created by human beings and just out of materials or whatever that we've created, but there's also medicines that are natural, used from items from nature. There were times in my life where I felt incredible sadness, incredible internal pain that I didn't know how to express, but to just cry and yell and withdraw into myself, isolate myself. And a lot of those times I find myself just praying and talking to God and asking him to help asking him to comfort me and provide a way that every single time he has provided for me. And when I look back, a lot of times I try to dig deep into things and I want to understand things so much sometimes that I can drive myself crazy sometimes where I need to just be like, all right, stop and take a break for a while. But I love to research things. I love to figure out and read and research things about how things work or how things were or whatever it is. And I think back sometimes because a lot of times I battle with 
you know, faith in, th in, in God because certain things happen and I'm a human being. I'm not perfect and I want to fix it myself and figure it out myself and a lot of things are impossible for me to do. And I think back to Jesus and I like to like try to picture what it was like back then. And a lot of times I think it's unfair that there were so many people that got to see him and see the things he, he did and, and I can't see those things. You know, like we can't see Jesus in person and watch him touch someone and they can walk again or pick up dirt and put it in someone's eye and all of a sudden they can see again. And But it's not just the miracles he did that I like to think about. I like to think about the times that he spoke with God and he got alone and I often wondered what was going through his mind. Did he have the thoughts that I had? Did he ever feel lonely and wonder where God was? Because Jesus was, was a human being and God at the same time. God in a human form. He literally, he literally took himself out of his realm where it's just perfect. And he put himself into our fragile bodies and he suffered and he was so passionate towards people even if they didn't believe a lot of times i think about the woman at the well and one of the biggest issues i have with today is how a lot of believers treat there's so much anger there's so much hate and judgment that a lot of believers cast on other people because they don't fit their mold or they don't reach their level that they think they're at. See, the woman at the well, Jesus knew what she, she had done. Jesus knew the type of life she lived, and yet he asked her for a drink of water, and he literally took time out of his life to talk to this woman. Now, if we think back to that time and that culture, women were really looked down upon, and, and a lot of times they were treated differently. But Jesus still talked to her. He knew what type of life she was living. He knew that she was living an adulterous life and living with someone she's not married to or whatever, like all these different things that she had done and how she was an outcast because people knew the type of life she lived. And yet God hung out with her and talked to her. And the thing that really gets me is Jesus didn't get in her face and condemn her and put her down and treated her like dirt and rubbed it all in her face that she's this horrible person and that she would never become anything in her life and he didn't treat her so bad to make her feel like nothing. He asked her for a drink and then he told her that he knew, you know, the type of life she has or had. And then he told her to just sin no more and blessed her. And I think that's one of the biggest issues today for people who don't believe is because they see other believers act in a way that is not Christ-like at all. I see believers just straight up being angry at people and treating them with so much cruelness that it just makes me feel so bad that that's not, that's not how we're supposed to be. Jesus told us to treat each other how we want to be treated. And I know that 
we do have, you know, like, we should, you know, let someone know if they're doing something horrible. We should, you know, let them know, like, hey, I know what you're doing. I know what you're going through. And I'm here for you. And I want to help you in a way to show you how you could not have to go through what you're going through or live the way you're living. Let me be there beside you to help you. Do you need something from the store? Or do you need help with this or that? And sharing with them that God loves them for who they are because they are an amazing and wonderful being that God created. It sickens me when I see believers yelling in other people's faces or seeing posts from believers that are condemning people who live a certain way. Now, I'm not here to say, you know, yeah, just keep going, keep living in that sin or whatever it is and be okay with it. I'm not saying that. But what I'm trying to say is the way that we've treated people. I don't blame people not wanting to get to know who Christ is. I don't blame people for not believing there's a God that loves them because they see those of us who are supposed to live like Christ and yet here we are making fun of them, mocking them, telling them they're horrible people. We shouldn't do that. There's no love, there's no compassion, no friendliness, no kindness in any of that. So why in the world would that other person want to hear about Jesus? Why would they want to know about God? I really believe that's one of the main reasons why a lot of people don't want to believe. You think back of when Jesus was on earth. Jesus wasn't hanging out all the time with the religious ones. He didn't hang out in the synagogues and the churches and all these people who were over there saying, oh, well, if you don't pray this, and if you don't stop doing this, you're not gonna go to heaven. In fact, one of the things Jesus did where he set up the first church, and I learned this just recently, and it blew my mind and made me just think how amazing God is. And I'm not the type of person that's gonna judge someone on the way they live because I think everybody goes through life the best way that they think they can. And I make many mistakes throughout my life. And who am I to elevate myself above others and tell them that they're wrong? No one on this earth is better than anybody else. The way you live life, it's probably just as bad as someone else lives life. So faith is something that we all do, whether it's in God or sitting in a chair or whatever it may be. And I know it's hard at times and life is hard, but when you are able to accept that there is a God that loves you for who you are exactly as you are and know that you have somebody on your side to help you through things in your life. It's an amazing and wonderful thing. See, I have faith and this, I will be honest with you guys. I'm very honest. I struggle with the faith of where I would go if I was to die. Now I believe 100% in Jesus Christ. I believe 100% that he sacrificed his life for, for us. It's God who gave up his life for us 
And I struggle, though, because I know, I know that I'm not perfect. And I know the things that I struggle with personally in life. And I mess up. And I do things that aren't right at times. And I question my faith. Like, well, will I? Will I be in heaven? What, like, why would God want me in heaven? Why would God want me part of his kingdom when I do all these things? And it's like, how? And the thing that I have to remind myself is that it doesn't matter what I do. I could say a thousand prayers every single day. I could take communion and I could read every single word and punctuation mark of the Bible and it's still, that won't put me in heaven because Jesus already paid the price for us. I know a lot of people may not understand that and a lot of people are probably like, what? How does that, how does he pay the price? Like that doesn't make sense. See, there was a lot of times I struggled with that too because it didn't make sense to me. But what it was was that Jesus was trying to show the world God in a way that was so different than what they were used to. They were so used to the Pharisees telling them how horrible they are. They were so used to these religious people who seemed like they were just the elite of them all and that they had it all figured out because they did all these rituals and they did this and that and they put themselves above everybody else and if you read how Jesus was towards the Pharisees and those religious people those were the ones he got in the faces those were the ones that he got angry at those were the ones that he literally pulled a whip out and whipped in a synagogue because they're selling stuff that should not be sold in the house of God. Like, come on. Come on, guys. Seriously, believers. What are you doing? There's so many Pharisees out here that are just like, dude, you're not acting like Christ. You, you are a Pharisee. And it's just so sad to me because I want people to see Christ how he really was. He, he hung out with the outcasts. He hung out with the with the people with human beings with those who were not religious who were not the elite religious he hung out with you and me and he accepted them for who they are he didn't say well all right now you need to make sure you wear a tie and a collared shirt and nice dress-up pants make sure you go get these really fancy shoes too so that when you come to church you look the part Alright, so now you gotta go make sure that you're 100% perfect. Make sure you don't mess up anymore because, you know, God won't love you no more. You're going to hell because you do this. No, to go back what I was saying, I, I'm sorry, sometimes I go off on little tangents of different things. But one of the things that I learned recently was one of the, where, the, where one of the first churches that Jesus set up was in a place that was like, a dump or, or was considered hell there was literally altars there that people had used to sacrifice to false gods to demons and different things that were not god and jesus went there and established his church there so the area that i'm talking about and hopefully i say it correctly is caesarea philippi philippi hope i'm saying that it stood in a lush area near the foot of mount hermon and it was a city dominated by immoral activities and pagan, pagan worship. 
stood only 25 miles from the religious communities of Galilee, but the city's religious practices were vastly different from those of the nearby Jewish towns. In Old Testament times, the northeastern area of Israel became a center for Baal worship. In the nearby city of Dan, Israelite king Jeroboam built the high place that angered God and eventually led the Israelites to worship false gods. And eventually, worship of the Baals was replaced with worship of Greek fertility gods. Years later, when Romans conquered the territory, Herod Philip rebuilt the city and named it after himself. But Caesarea Philippi continued to focus on worship of Greek gods. And in the cliffs that stood above the city, local people built shrines and temples to Pan. Now here's the part that I was talking about. To the pagan mind, the cave at Caesarea Philippi, it created a gate to the underworld where fertility gods lived and they committed detestable acts to worship these false gods. And yet Jesus delivered a sort of graduation speech to his disciples there and encouraged his disciples to build a church. It was like a red light district area and Jews avoided the area all the time. Jesus asked his disciples, who do you say I am? And Peter replied, you are the son of the living God. And Jesus continued, you are Peter. And on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. Do you think about that? They were standing at the literal gates of Hades that people considered. And Jesus said, I'll build my church here. There was false idols and altars there. And, and yet Jesus took the disciples to a place where nobody would go because it was considered the gates of hell. There was just so many things Jesus did that a lot of a lot of us just don't realize, I think. And we're so caught up in ourselves and we want to make sure that we're seen as religious or holy or we're one-on-one. We're like, we're right there with God. We got this figured out. We're, we're good. And we're so quick to condemn someone else because they're different. They live differently than us. There's no compassion there. We don't take the time out of our lives to go and talk to these to people in a compassionate way. We may take time out of our lives to go talk to them and instead we just bash them. Point out every single bad thing they do, every flaw they have. And yet, what did God do? He literally went into human form and died for us. Now some of you may be wondering, like, what do you mean? Like, what do you mean by he died for us? You see, before Jesus' death, people had to do a lot of rituals in order to enter the kingdom of God because everything was just bad. Like God's, God's, like God is literally the form of holy. Like it, it's just all good. And then, and in order for people to dwell with him, they have to be good too. And we're not good. No matter how hard we try, no matter, no matter how good we think we are, every day we are doing something that's not good every day, every one of us. I don't 100% guarantee you every single day. And we will continue to do that until we die. And yet God saw what all we had to do and how that's, that's a lot of things to do. You had to find a sheep with not one single blemish. It can't have a spot. It can't have nothing wrong with it. It has to be incredibly perfect. And to be taken and sacrificed and all these other things that we had to do. And God was like, you know what? I love you guys. And I don't want you guys to have to keep doing this stuff. So he sent himself, his son, which was literally him, 
in the form of a human being and try to tell people, try to treat people the way that we're supposed to treat each other. We're supposed to treat each other the same way Christ treated people when he was on earth. I'm sorry, but I don't see a lot of believers going into places that are considered, I don't know, I know this is a topic that's going to be big for people. There's certain towns and cities that are full of homosexuals and a lot of believers will not step foot in those areas because they're too good. They're better than them. I guarantee you Jesus would have. Jesus would have had no issue of walking into those places and talking to those people and showing them real love, real compassion. And Jesus was trying to show everybody how we should treat each other, how we should live, and how God loves us and how we're, we're amazing and wonderful creations by God and that his kingdom was on earth and what he meant by that was we we believers we are part of his kingdom we it is our job to show other people god's kingdom it's on this earth right now it came to earth when jesus came we're ambassadors we're supposed to show people the goodness and instead we treat them like dirt because either they're gay or they they think they're a man or they they live a certain way in their life that's we think are considered horribly wrong and we can we look at them and we look at them with disgust jesus came for every single person and god desires everyone every one to come to him and jesus could have literally just wiped people out he could have easily called angels down he could have easily called fire from the sky he could have easily just said condemning words to every single person that was living horribly he could have told the woman at the well that she's a horrible whore and that she's this and that and she's just dirt and she means nothing he could have easily gotten and stood with those people who wanted to stone the woman who lived in adultery he could have easily picked up the most biggest boulder ever created and just smashed this woman because he had zero sin but he didn't <laughs> he didn't he stood next to that woman who was gonna be stoned to death and he told all those people who were religious who believed who acted like they had scriptures memorized and knew all these rules and he stood by that woman and he dared them and said, whoever thinks they have zero sin, go ahead, throw it, try it. Not one of them threw it. Not one of them. And then he could have easily turned to that woman and started pointing out every single flaw in her life and just rubbed it all in her face and made her feel like total crap. And instead, he treated her with compassion. He treated her with love, helped her to her feet and told her, sin no more. I know, I don't believe when Jesus said sin no more, that that meant like, oh, you better not sin ever again, not one single sin again, or else that's it, you're done. No, I believe he was literally telling them, you know what you've done wrong, and you know what you're doing wrong. Try a little better. Try to be better. Try not to do it no more. I'm here. I got you. I'm on your side. And it takes a lot of faith to believe in a God that accepts you for who you are, all your flaws, 
every single flaw, every single wrong, everything you've done in your life, and yet he still opens his arms to you and says, come to me, come to me, you who are weary. There's so much pain and hurt in this world, and there's such a lack of love and compassion, such a lack of the fruits of the Spirit, and I am putting myself in that category too, because I'm not perfect. There's days in my life that I've been on the highway and someone cut me off and I, I don't do it, but in my head I do. In my head. I'm telling them they're number one. I'm saying things that I should not be saying, but I do my best. And I know, I know that I don't treat people differently because of the way they live. Who in the world am I to elevate myself above them? You see, Jesus, Jesus could have done all these things and he didn't. He treated people with love and compassion. All we have to do is believe that Jesus was God and that he gave his life up for us. And then once you have that, your life changes. And no, no, your life is not going to become butterflies and glitter and cupcakes and unicorns and rainbows and stuff and be perfect because we're still here on this earth. We're not in God's realm. We're in this realm. And unfortunately, a very unfair life, but it's not God. God's not up there raining light, lightning bolts down on us when we mess up. It's just the consequences of when you do something bad, then bad happens. But it's not God doing it. And it's free will. God will not interfere with the free will because he wants us to choose to come to him. Because, I mean, think about it. If you had someone that you love, okay? Let's say, let's say you, you met somebody and you've fallen so in love with them. Would you want them to be forced to love you? Would you want them to be programmed like a robot that they have to show you love and compassion because they're forced to? Or would you rather them to get to know you and understand who you are, actually fall in love with you for you because they wanted to? Because it's more genuine. It's real. Not fake anymore. That's what he wants for us. He gives us the opportunity to come to him. It's not him condemning us, guys. He's not doing that. I believe that hell isn't like what a lot of people believe, where it's like, you know, you go into this alternate dimension realm and there's fire everywhere and you just sit there and you burn and you go through all this and that. See, what I believe is when you die, if you don't accept Christ, then that's it. That's it for you. But yeah, there is nothing after this for you. Because if you think about it, God created everything. God created the earth and all the other planets, the stars and everything we see on our planet and human beings and animals, plants. Without God, like nothing would exist. So when you don't believe in God and, and accept Jesus as your savior and his blood is covered, your sin and you're clean and you're no longer seen as just unholy or whatever, then when you do die, you're accepted into Christ's kingdom and you're with God because that's God. That's he created that stuff. He created everything. So when you die and you don't believe, well, then you're no longer a part of him. You're no longer part of his kingdom. You're no longer experience God. It says you're absent from God. And to me, that literally means nothing. So when you die, that's it. You, you just, it's, you're, you, you live for eternity in complete darkness and nothing is good. And then that's where torments can come in from demons or whatever may happen. I don't know. I don't know. Personally, I would rather be somewhere with God who creates everything and experience life. God didn't put these rules on 
things so that we have a horrible, boring life because that's not how it's supposed to be. We, we're supposed to enjoy life. God created this planet for us to enjoy. He gave us life to enjoy. Now, unfortunately, things happened and we fell into sin and evil took over this earth. But it's still, God is still present. God is still with us. God still helps us. God's still there. And that's where the faith comes in. If you just have faith in Jesus and believe that he is God and that he came for you to show us love, compassion, kindness, goodness. And when you accept that, you start to feel a certain way. You start to feel like, wow, you see life differently and changes start happening in your life. And it's not going to, again, it's not going to be goodness all the time because you're here on this earth, you're in this realm. But he's there with you and helping you along the way. And I can't even count the many times in my life that God given me strength to go through days, weeks, years, seconds. And the faith that I have that when something bad happens in my life, the I always, the first thing I do is I pray. I talk to God. I may not drop to my knees, bow my head, fold my hand and pray. I just talk. Hey, God, I need you, dude. I need you right now, man, because I don't know what's going on. It's not fair. I don't understand why it's happening. But I know with you, I can get through it. I know with you, it's going to be okay. Because it's always helped me through everything. And I know I've seen through many people, too, how he has helped them. And that's where faith comes in. All you need is just a little bit of faith. The size of a mustard seed. The smallest seed. Tiny. Tiny little faith. Just believe. I know this is a different podcast than most of my other episodes. And... I know I didn't want to get into people's faces with my belief, and, and I'm not here to condemn any, anybody, guys. I'm not here to come and tell you that you're living horribly, and you're going to hell, and you're doing this wrong, and that wrong, and I'm going to treat you like dirt now because, you know, you don't believe as I do. You don't live like I do. I'm not here to do that to you. I'm just here to share good news, you know, like th there's help. Christ did not come to condemn. Christ came to help. Christ came to love and offer life, offer a way to help you, to provide for you. I hope this helped some way. I hope, I hope people who may not believe everything I say don't feel like I'm elevating myself above you because I'm not. I'm there right there with you guys. Same level. Same level as you. I mess up every day. I'm a human being too, but I know I'm forgiven and I try my best to live better and not just so I can look good to other people. But I do it because I have a compassion and a heart to where I want to see people see Christ the way he really was and not how most believers are painting a picture of him. Tiny little faith you need. Just believe. Just accept him as God and that he saved you from living a life to where it means nothing, to where it means something. And you are welcomed who you are. You are loved just as you are. And I will treat you just as you are because I have no reason to treat you any other way. I will show you compassion and be there to listen. That's what we need to do. Talk to people and listen and understand where they're coming from, their hurts, their hang-ups, their bad habits, or whatever struggle they're going through. Are we actually there to listen to help them? Or are we just listening to quickly point out that they've done wrong? To quickly point out how horrible of a person they are? To quickly feel disgusted because they live a certain way that we think is wrong. So we should just look at them and think they're just horribly gross. God still made them. God still loves them. God still sent 
his son for them to provide a way to help them, to provide a way to bring them to him. God didn't do this to just be like, yo, dude, I'm I'm just an angry God. I just want to make you all rot in hell. No. God saw where we were going as human beings and how bad we were doing. He was like, I want to help you guys. I love you. Come to me. Believe that Jesus Christ is God and that he's here to help you and love you, not here to make your life boring and condemn you. Dude, I have plenty of times in my life where I live and I have fun and enjoy life. That's what we're supposed to do. If this has spoke to you in any way, you want to have, accept Jesus, accept him and realize that, hey, yeah, what he did was amazing and he is God. And the only way to get in heaven, to get to have a life after all this is through him. If you desire that, that you don't need to sign up for a membership. You don't need to pay a monthly fee or subscribe or you don't need to do this and that in order to meet the requirements. There is none. All you simply have to do is just pray and say, Jesus, I accept you. I believe you are God and you came for me to have a relationship with you. Not a new religion, not to become some spiritual religious person, but to have a one-on-one -on -one connection with you and have a friendship, a bond with you. And it even says in the Bible that when Jesus died and gave the spirit that the temples crumpled, veils were torn apart. And what that means, the veil, is that there used to be a big veil that covered an area and no one could go into it unless they did some rituals and they were clean enough and good enough in the eyes of God to go in. Otherwise, you died. You died. They had rope that they tied around the ankles of people that went in and it went limp or whatever. They knew that they had to drag their dead bodies out and no one could look in there. But when Jesus died, those veils were ripped open because God was like, you know what? I'm tired of this. I love my creations. I love my people. I want you guys to come to me. I want you to see me. And he ripped them apart and said, no, no more of this religious crap. I'm here for you. I died for you. Just believe in me. I love you. God loves you and is so patient and compassionate with all of us. And yet we, we, we like to, to tend to think that, no, God's mad at us. God's angry. God's ready to just punish us. God's just waiting for us to slip up the tiniest bit to be like, whoosh, and hit us. And he's not. That's the enemy. The enemy is waiting for you to mess up. The enemy wants you to mess up. So then the bad comes into your life from that. Not God. God's not sending that to you. God's not making that happen to you. Those are consequences of when you open up the bad things, then unfortunately bad things happen to you. Again, I'm the same way. I mess up and bad things happen, but I don't blame God for it. I blame myself. Like, man, that was dumb, Chris. Why'd you do that, dude? You know better than that. Don't do that. And that's it. God loves you all, every one of you. No matter who you are, no matter how you live, he loves you. And he wants to, you to be with him and accept him. That's all he asks. All you have to do is believe and accept it. I hope this episode has helped some. I hope it showed Christ maybe in a different way, a better way or whatever. I don't know. I don't know the word to use, but I hope it helped some ways. And if you're confused by what I said or if it doesn't make sense and you want to know more and you want to understand it better, I'm here, guys. You can message me. You can leave comments. You can do whatever and... I don't mind talking and sharing with you guys and showing you compassion and love. I'm not here. I won't condemn you. 
I won't treat you horribly. I'll help you up and show you this love. Thank you for listening, and God bless. You've just listened to Tea Time with Chris, a podcast filled with hope, faith, joy, love, and occasional laughter. We hope you enjoyed it and continue to stay up to date with us at teatimewchris.com. God bless.